Welcome to the Kingdom Community. Many in the body of Christ long for authentic community and a spiritual family to belong to. We exist to connect, equip, and send you into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God on the earth. To learn more about us, please visit kingdomcommunity.global. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey everybody, Glenn Blakeney here. Welcome to Kingdom Encounter, brought to you by Awake Nations Ministries and the Kingdom Community. To learn more about Awake Nations, visit awakenations.org. We're going to tell you more about the Kingdom Community later on in the program. It's an amazing opportunity for you to connect with a spiritual family from all over the world, to be trained, equipped, discipled, and sent out to fulfill your destiny and purpose in the Kingdom of God. So stay tuned for more information about that. Well, my guest today is Pastor Leo Bigger from Zurich, Switzerland. He pastors a multi-campus church called ICF. He has an amazing story of his call into ministry and how during the pandemic his church has actually exploded by implementing New Testament strategies, by going small at times, by embracing online, being hybrid. It's just an intriguing interview. I know you guys are going to love this. He's an incredible leader. And we also are going to be talking a little bit about what's been going on in Russia uh, invading Ukraine because ICF actually has a campus in Kiev, Ukraine. We love you and uh, praying that this program, this interview with Pastor Leo Bigger will really encourage you, inspire you and give you great value to continue. Let's embrace what the Holy Spirit is doing. Let's get back to the New Testament ways of discipleship and reaching the nations. God bless you guys as you watch the interview with Pastor Leo Bigger. Pastor Leo, welcome to Kingdom Encounter. I'm so glad that you've uh, taken time out of your busy schedule to be with us. So we welcome you. God bless you. Thank you so much. It's a big, big honor, actually. I feel so honored. Well, you know, we're living in um, a crazy time. And I know you are, you guys are in Europe. You're in the heart of it. You're based in Switzerland. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what's been going on, um, right? What is going on right now in, in Europe? So right now we have a, a war very, very close from uh, Switzerland. Actually, it's only like a two hours flight from here. Right. And we have also a church in Kiev, and uh, they are all on the run, actually. And But the good thing is, all the churches around uh, Europe, they, they're helping out the churches and people. They open up their houses and everything. That's the good part. It, that I mean, the connection of churches and being Christian, that works very well. But uh, it's a very uh, tense season right now, because before it was COVID, you know. Right. And COVID came to end somehow in Switzerland. But now, all of a sudden, the war is around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. You know, it's been navigating through COVID has been tough. It's been over two years. And then now this war, especially as you mentioned, you have um, a church that's part of uh, ICF, the yeah. network um, that you you lead with your wife. And right in Kiev, and uh, so many people being impacted by this. Um, so... Uh, another challenge, another challenge right now. Absolutely, but but the thing is, I mean, you know it. When people are have, it's like a war, or when something happens, Actually, people they ask the question, what what what's about life? What will happen if I die? I mean, 
Right now, to be quite honest, people are super open uh, for, for the gospel because they have some questions. And I think this is also a very good season for us as a church. We have to be really ready and say to people, we want to help the people in prayer. Of course, we help also with food and with money. But our message still is in the season like this, there is still hope because the biggest connection and relationship that we have is still God. And in the, in the season where the world is shaking, it's also a big opportunity actually for the gospel because people are super open. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. That's a great, great point. And we need to obviously take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey, um, your, you know, how you came to know the Lord and how you got involved in ministry. I've already done an introduction, letting people know about ICF and the ICF yeah. movement. Um, so just tell us how you got to the place where you are now. Yeah, actually, I'm, I was uh, born with five uh, like sisters and brothers, and um, we were, have been a big family, actually. And my mom, she raised us Catholic, actually, and, and uh, every Sunday she took us to the church. And since I'm a small little boy, I always believed in God, and I loved the church, actually. And one day when I, when I became a pastor, I asked the question, why me? And then my mom, she told me that she prayed every single evening that one of her sons should become a pastor. Wow. And it's it's me, actually. And that's a little bit like I knew that God answers our prayer when we pray for our kids, for, for our family. God will answer our prayer. Uh, but then when I was 18 years old, uh, I played in a hard rock band. And then because I was brought up Catholic, I always believed in God. It not, was not even a question. But I had no clue why Jesus Christ came on earth and then one of our bass players, he said to me, you're not, you're not a Christian. If you die, you will not go to heaven. And we had a big, big fight. And for the very first time, he explained me salvation, why Jesus Christ came on this earth. And then he asked me, do you want to become a, a believer of, of, of Jesus? Said, of course, I believe in God. But I realized for the very first time that my sin is separating me from the love of God. And that was the moment when I accepted Jesus Christ in, in my heart. And I will not never forget that moment. Uh, because um, I drove home with, with my bike and, and while I was driving my bike, I heard a voice, an acoustic voice, I will use you as an evangelist. And I had no clue what is an evangelist, what, 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 is, what is that? But the next day we had school and in the school uh, we had like a French lesson. I heard a voice. Now in the break, you ask all your friends to join you and you explain them what you did yesterday evening and there was a break in the school and all my friends was around me and said, yesterday I became a believer of Jesus Christ. I have no clue what this really means in my life, but I know my life will be different from now on. Wow. This was actually my first crusade because <laughs> out of that, two of my friends, they got saved because they saw the change in me, what Jesus Christ has done. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's my awesome. story. <laughs> wow. And so how, how did you um, end up becoming the senior pastor of ICF in Zurich, Switzerland? Yeah, actually, when I, when I became a Christian, uh, we had a, a small group in the Catholic Church, and we met every Sunday evening, and th th this group was growing. And then I, after like a year, I thought, yeah, I mean, Catholic Church is cool, but I asked the, the priest, um, I want to do a church service Sunday evening. I said, Sunday evening, your church is empty. And he said, ah, oh, you cannot. You have to be a priest and you have to study. And if you're being a priest, you cannot be married. And I said, oh, that's a problem for me. <laughs> and I asked him, what should I do? And he said, you have two options. Either you submit under the Catholic um, 
leadership style or you go out and you do something new. Wow. And it was for me like, to be quite honest, like a blessing. And then I found a guy, he was in America. He came back and said, ah, we, we, we need an international church in Switzerland. Okay. And he said, I need a lot of young people. And I said, yeah, just, just come in. And that was the beginning. I came to Zurich and that guy planted a church like International Christian Fellowship. He said, Zurich is a very international city. That's why the name International Christian Fellowship. Yeah. But after two years, we realized we're not reaching internationals. We're just reaching Swiss people. Uh-huh. And I remember we said, we should change the name. And then a, a friend of mine said, no, don't, don't change the name. I think that name will be prophetic in some years. Well, I said, okay, we kept the name. And after five years, we had a church that said, uh, a group that said, we want to start a church. I said, yeah, no problem. They planted the church and all of a sudden they became an international church planting movement. And that's a little bit like, like, like my story from, from my faith, from the Catholic church to that guy who came to Zurich. Um, and from that on, our church was, was growing, was exploding. And uh, yeah, that's a little bit our story. So, okay, that's, that's awesome. Now, what I, I, I've been on your website and I've watched some of your uh, services. You know, I've had the privilege to be able to uh, listen in uh, English <laughs> so, because you do preach in English as well. But what about ICF Church? You know, what, what's your vision and, and what has made ICF so successful in engaging, you know, your culture? I will say, like in, in the beginning, uh, our dream and goal was just to have one strong church in Zurich where, where people come from young to old. And of course, Switzerland is, is not like that. You just start with a very cool church celebration and people from other churches will hop in. That will never happen, actually. Yeah. We had a challenge from the beginning uh, to invite our friends. They're not believers. And uh, since, since, since now, it's, we always say, go out, bring your neighbor, bring your friends. But the way how we do church or the way how we preach, it should be for those people, even though if you're a believer or not a believer, you should somehow connect and understand what we're talking about. I mean, and that was the, the, the key from the beginning. We said we had like the one-on-one evangelistic to go out and invite your friends. That's our, our challenge. We never believe just if you're doing a cool church service, we will grow. But then... To make a long story short, I had some friends in our leadership and they said, we want to go out and do our own church planting. And the first 10 church planting was from inside out, was people from my closest inner circle. Uh-huh. And after we planted 10, 10 churches in, in around Switzerland, I thought, I must be a very horrible leader because everyone wants to leave. Everyone wants to do their own thing. And I remember I went to counseling and I said, I have a problem. No one, no one from my team, they want to stick with me. And he said, no, no, it's, it's, not, it's not a problem that you're not a good leader. It's, it seems to be like a calling. It seems that God will use you as a church planting church. And I said, oh, I never thought about it. It just felt like I'm not a good leader. People want to go. It was never my intention. It was never my dream. It was never my vision or our vision to plant churches. That's the whole story. God has done it. But after we planted 10 churches, I, with counseling, I said, okay, it must be a calling. And of course, from then now, we changed our strategy. We said, now we are a church planting movement and God has given us the calling to do to, to, uh, church planting. But all the leaders we're sending out, they got saved in our church. 
We trained them. They became youth leaders, kids leaders. And then all, all of a sudden they will say with 20, I feel called to be a pastor. Say, you know, Bourbon, uh, take over like a location or a ministry. And when we see those people are having really the gifts of leadership and there are people are following those people, then we send them out to, uh, to a city uh, around Europe. Wow, that's excellent. Very good. Well, I, lo- I love that because, you know, I've been involved in church planning quite a bit myself. And, and it's true, you know, when you saw that call of God on your life or yeah. when you recognized that the Lord was going to was using you that way, that's powerful that you embrace that. Now, where ICF is in several nations, um, tell us where ICF has locations uh, we have the, the most uh, ICF right now in Germany, then of course Switzerland, Austria, like the, in the Netherlands, Albania, Israel, wow. uh, Rio de Janeiro, Cambodia. Cambodia is very cool because they started five years ago with people from Switzerland wow. and they brought the Cambodian people to, to Jesus Christ. And now the first generation Christians, they sent them out to another city in Cambodia and they're planting a brand new church with first born uh, Christians actually, and that that's that's pretty cool. And the, what we do actually, uh, my challenge is for every church or every location in the movement say, let's plan every two years or every year a new church because church planting is like multiplication. Mm-hmm. When when you do believe in multiplication, that means you're giving away away your best leaders. You you never give away those people you don't want to have in your community anymore. Mm-hmm. They have to send out the best leaders. That means from the beginning, we have to um, have to be a multiplication church and we train, raise leaders from inside out. And that's why I believe church planting um, is a very effective way in terms of multiplication, winning people for Jesus Christ. And then, of course, all of a sudden, if you have 40, 60, 70 churches and they do church planting, that means the movement will grow anyhow. That's the cool thing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's powerful. So in terms of the people that you're reaching in the German speaking world yeah. and outside of the German speaking nations, um, are, are you seeing a lot of people, you know, millennials, uh, so on coming to the Lord? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially Sunday evening with the generation Z and generation alpha, very, very young people, uh, folks. And, the thing is, they don't have any clue about church anymore because they're not, they haven't growing up in a church anymore. For them, to quite be quite honest, it's very easy to invite them to church because they say, yeah, I've never been to church. Why not? And they're coming. And, and this Sunday as well, we had some uh, people there. They have been here for the very first time. And in the worship, they start to cry because they have never felt an atmosphere like that. They say, we don't get it. It's it's different. People raising up their hands and the atmosphere and everything. They cannot say it's God, but they say, here is something in the room we have never experienced before. And they're coming a second time. And usually after the coming, uh, sometimes they got saved after a while. And, and then, of course, they're going out and bringing their friends. Wow. And uh, it, it, it still works, of course. The preaching style to the younger generation is a little bit different because you have to speak about the climate, we have to speak about the war, about the food and all those things. They have, they have, they have different topics, um, and, but, but still uh, they have some questions and we, ha- we have some answers also from, from the word of God just to give to those generations. 
Oh, that's a, that's amazing. Praise God. Uh, I'm so glad to hear that. So, and now, of course, hey, there's got to be some challenges with reaching, as you would say, you know, in, in Europe, that the different cultures uh, and the different generations. What are some of the challenges you face? Also, the, the big challenge uh, of the younger generation is, I mean, uh, we have two boys. They're 20, 22 and 20. And they, they are, we are like a church family. They love the church. They are really the leaders in the church. But one day they said to me around two years ago, like, Daddy, we don't like your leadership style anymore. It's like top-down leadership style. And, and the young generation are not a top-down leadership generation anymore. It's more like an agile generation to say, we want to add something. We want to be a part of doing church together. Um, and they said, if, you, if you're just giving us an order, you will not reach the young generation because they want to add something, uh, being a value to the church. Mm. And um, we changed two years ago the, the leadership style of, for the young generation. It's more like different teams. And, uh, of course, we have a vision. We have a DNA, some values. Of course, values will never change. But they um, do how they do small groups and and video clips and YouTube and TikTok and all those things. It's so different than what we do. Yeah. But we just say to them, it's your generation. It's your Sunday evening church service. You just do it the way you think you should do it. And they make the decisions about the preaching topic, the worship and everything. And we have seen hundreds of people are engaging, being a part uh, of the Sunday evening and uh, it's it's growing with Gen Z and Alpha. Um, yeah, it's it's a little bit different uh, than our generation. But in the end of the day, David said he died after he has fulfilled God's uh, will, actually. And I think every generation, there is a key to win those people for Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, that's a powerful verse you alluded to in, in the book of Acts <laughs> yes. and how David fulfilled the will of God in his generation. It's true. We have to focus on generations. Now, how long has ICF been um, in operation? Um, it's been, what, over 20 years? 20, we are now 25 years old, our church. And of course, I remember when we started the church, we were super young and we, we, you're just always reaching a little bit those people in your age, plus 10 years and minus 10 years, but not more. I remember when we started, we, we, we reached not one family because that you don't have any clue about family and kids. They give, of course, we, I'm, I'm just married, but, but we don't have kids. And, and now, of course, 25 years later, we have from, from the kids' church to the teenager church to the elder generation, we have now every generation in the house. Yeah. But um, Sunday morning, for example, we have a worship style. It works very well. My preaching is in YouTube in Germany, very strong. We figured out a, a style for Generation X actually, X, actually. But Sunday evening, it's especially for Generation Z. We yeah. think in terms of generation intentionally. That's saying I'm doing the Sunday morning and the younger generation is doing the Sunday evening. Yeah. And we as Generation uh, X, actually, we are supporting them. We are there. We pray for them. And if they're not sure about the prophetic words, we are just there in the front row to support those people. But we think in generations, because if you're losing the Generation Z and Alpha, then uh, you have maybe... 10 years and then your churches came over. That's always the thing. That's why generation is very important. It's God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Always, you have to think in three generations, actually. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so good. 
I'm, I'm really excited to hear that. I'm, I'm very passionate about reaching the generations as well as the nations. And I've traveled a lot, Pastor Leo, and some places we go, like, for example, in Southeast Asia, you mentioned Cambodia. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of young people coming to the Lord in yeah. those nations. And many of them are leaders in the church right. and uh, because of that. But to see that happening in Europe uh, is powerful yeah, because, you know, I'm from Canada originally. I live in the United States now and we've kind of heard, well, you know, Europe is close to the gospel and it's postmodern, post-Christian, very difficult. And, you know, all the churches are shutting down, becoming mosques and that type of thing. But what is it like in Europe right now, spiritually? Yeah, of course. I mean, the churches like the Catholic Church or the Protestant churches, uh, they have been packed, uh, I would say, maybe 20 years ago. But even 20 years ago, uh, people are just uh, leaving the church. I mean, we had a season like we, you just went to the... I remember when I was young, my whole family, it was like a family trip. We go together to the church. It wasn't, wasn't even that people had a personal relationship with Jesus. If it's just like we go to church, this was like, I mean, of course, that like a revival season. But I would say around 20 years ago started that in, in Europe. And what, what I see, and also the newspaper, they, they wrote also a week ago, not an article about our churches, say, but still there's, there's a lot of churches, they are growing, they're exploding in Europe. And people, they see that. That, that the building is full with two, three, four thousand young people to say, how in the world does it work? And the thing is, like the Catholic Church or whatever, they had just, they're boring. I mean, the good message, but how they shared the message was boring. But right. if it is real, if you speak about the Bible, like Jesus Christ, he took stories and you could connect it to, to the Mondays, actually. Those churches, they are growing in, in Europe and they're even bigger than ever. I mean, you see that we have more mega churches than ever in Europe. I remember when, when we started in Switzerland, there was one church over 1,000. Now we have around eight churches in Switzerland over 1,000. It has changed, actually. Wow. Um, and of course, uh, it has to do with if you're on fire, if you share the word of God in a way that people can relate, church is... is it's, can never be empty and uh, it's always also a mindset uh, because I do really believe that the finest hour as a local church is not over there's always in front of us amen amen yeah so that's so good wow so throughout the uh, pandemic I know it was especially difficult in in Europe um, you know I know Canada where I'm from it was very hard churches are still not maybe 20% capacity. It's really tough. But how was it for you guys navigating through the pandemic? To be quite honest, we exploded the last wow. two years. Wow. Really in, in any, any number, you financially, more people, everything. And the reason I think was I saw, I saw, I saw two churches in Europe. Those churches, they were fearful. This is all oh, the coronavirus is so bad and don't come, stay at home. Those churches, they have declined. And those churches that said, yeah, there is a virus, but let's think new because the church is not a building. What can we do? How can we meet? Those churches, they were like innovative. They exploded, actually. 
And right in the beginning, I remember when COVID hit, I always said, I'm not a virologue, I'm not a doctor, I'm a theologue, and we will not fight against, because in my church, we're like two groups, people say, oh, there is no such thing as Corona, Corona is just a flu, <laughs> you know that? Yeah. And some people say, no, no, it's not a flu, All everyone is dying. Yeah. And I had two groups in my church, pro and con, and I remember in the second week, I said, I, I, don't, I don't get it, why we fight about a health question? Right. It's not a Bible question, it's a health question. Yeah. And I said, nobody knows from now in seven years what is right. But if you have like two groups, like here's a group and here's a group, when you, like two circles, if you put those two circles together, there is always an overlapping. And the overlapping thing is Jesus Christ. And we are agree in the same vision. Jesus Christ is the main thing. And the rest, vaccine or not vaccine, it will never be a topic in our church. That's a topic for the government, but not in the church. Yeah. And this was a big game changer in our church. From then on, we never spoke in, in the church about COVID or vaccination or not, whatever regulation it is. And then we said, church is not a building. And, and out of that, we planted uh, 28 micro churches. They are not, they are in Germany, Austria, all over because we could not gather in the building anymore. Right. Uh, and, and, and now um, we, we are open again. Uh, last Sunday, we had 95% of the people are back in the building. Wow. But online, we had before COVID like 800 people watching online. Mm-hmm. Now we have every Sunday around 20,000 people watching online. Wow. And we have also 25 to 28 micro churches in happen, and we planted a new church as well. Yeah. So we are exploded because we ever said church is not a building. Wow. The best the, the best thing to explain it is like this. I remember when we had like a prayer evening. I said, church, let's come and pray together. Out of 3,000 people, 80 people, 80 people should have. Now we're doing an online prayer. We, had, we did it uh, last week. We had 800 people with the, with the computer. 800 people were praying with us from Germany, from, from, from the Netherlands, from America, wherever. It, it doesn't matter where you are. Uh-huh. And people just prayed with the computer with us. And I will never do a prayer meeting in the building anymore because people have to drive there. You need a babysitter. There's a lot of things to COVID. It's wow. actually a blessing, to be quite honest. Yeah. And that was, I was going to ask you that. Uh, and that's a powerful statement. Like, you're going to continue doing these online events, online prayer meetings and so on. So what is your strategy now? You know, COVID is pretty much finished, it seems. And... What is your strategy uh, online, in person? What will that look like for you guys? To be, to be quite honest, uh, it's a journey actually because yesterday um, a group from Germany, that's, that's some people, they're living somewhere in a valley or wherever. That's not a church around. Or some people say, we are so disappointed about church leadership. We don't want to go back to our church anymore. That, Thousands of people floating, but they're not lost in terms. They're not believer anymore. And right. what we did, I said online, hey, if you want to be a part of our movement, uh, you feel alone. You are gathering on a Sunday morning in your house with three, four other families. Just plug in 
and we want to we want to bless you and they want to be a part of the movement and as i said in the beginning uh, we just want to support you and we ask the question what can we do for you yes they ask about but must must be signed and uh, like like a formal of the dna and giving money say no 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 nothing what can we do for you wow. and at the moment uh, and i said if after one year you're figuring out you want to be going back to your own old church no problem then you just move and we felt like people want to belong to a movement or to a family it's yeah. not so much about the logo not so about about the structure anymore yeah. uh, they want to belong to a family and if you uh, have no strings attached you win much more people because in the end of day uh, people they do anyhow what they want i mean right. you can preach and teach whatever you want in the end of the day people they do what they believe they want to do and the question what can we do for you it's for us brand new because two years ago we'll say, yeah, if you want to be a part of our movement, you have to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. We said, no, um, we just want to bless you. And it seems to be like also a little bit like a new style of helping people, supporting people, and they still belong to a certain family. Yeah, that's so good. So community is really important family yeah i love that we we speak the same language i want to give you a very good example why we came up with microchurches we have a family in germany they approached me and said hey i said zurich is my church i said how have you ever been in our building never so how it does it doesn't work he said yeah but we watch every sunday morning with two other friends in my living room your message he said no no you cannot be a part Go and find a church in your area. He said, but there is no church in our area. Mm. He said, that's why we want to be a part of your church. I said, no, it doesn't work because you're living away like four hours drive with a car. You cannot. And I, I gathered all my team with my church and said, they want to be, they're living in Germany. They have never been to our building. They, they, they want to be a part of our movement. I said, no, no, it cannot be. I phoned him back and said, hey, sorry, you, 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 you cannot be a part of our church because you have never been to the building. We, ne- we have never trained you as a leader. And he said to me, I don't care what you say. You cannot, you cannot command me not to be a part of your church because online, it's without walls. Yeah. I said, right. And he was the first family who started a micro church. I said, we are a micro church. And now they have around 12 people. And out of that one micro church, all the people say, I have the same thing. And we have now a lot of micro churches. They have like 60, 80 people. And now we have to think, what should we do with the micro churches? And to be quite honest, it seems to be a very effective tool for church planting because those micro churches exploding, yes. you have already, you found already a good leader. Right. And it seems. That I cannot give you a right answer. It's just, it's just along the journey, God has opened up new doors and new opportunities. And I don't know where this will lead us. Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. In this digital age, we can now reach millions through streaming video. Are you wanting to position yourself before the nations? The Kingdom Community TV Network is your answer. We will broadcast your message to the nations through our online TV network, kingdomcommunity.tv, as well as our streaming and mobile apps.
The Kingdom Community TV Network is available on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Google TV, Apple TV, as well as on the App Store and Google Play Store. We offer broadcasting packages for as little as $50 for a 30-minute time slot. Contact us today for more information. Our email address is admin at kingdomcommunity.global. So let's just talk a little bit about that in terms of what you um, ha- have been doing to, to help integrate these people, disciple them. You know, what, what, is, what happens in, in ICF? The, the cool thing, we, all, we have like once a, a week, like a meeting for one hour for all the microchurches or all the people like online, we've also like online uh, small groups, we just gather them and we, we ask always the question, what do you need from us? You are the customer, what do you need from us? Because usually it's always the opposite, I'm a leader and I tell you what I want from you. And yeah. we just ask them, what do you need from us? And they said, okay. We need coaching because now we have some people, they want to be baptized. How can we baptize people? <laughs> and now we're doing baptized courses or how you lead someone to Christ. And now we, we're doing video clips for those people or some people in the microchurch, they're doing video clips for other microchurches. That means all the material that we had in our church worked very well if people are coming to a building now we're tra- training those people to become better leader, actually. Or one microchurch said, yeah, now we have kids. I asked, how many kids do we have in Estonia? He said, 20, 20 kids. Now we need a kids program. I said to my team, hey, we need a kids program. And they said, how? They said, yeah, you have to record once a week oh. your kids teaching. And this is a, a game changer because before we just did kids ministry in our building, and yeah. we are on a journey just saying, what can we do for you? It's not like we do nothing. We train them, we equip them, but they're telling us what they need from us. Mm-hmm. And then another microchurch said, uh, now we have a problem. We are 80 people. Now we have to rent a building. Where should we rent the building? And how should we do with the money? And you have the same questions again, like when you're planting a church. And uh it's 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 a it's a journey actually, and uh, just asking the question, what can we do for you? And of course, we have hired an online pastor. This is what we did uh, the last two years. It's just there for the people, because all all the questions uh, they came in from now in, in in two years, they will have always the same questions. And we we are uh, doing good programs and good teachings for those people. What role has the ministry of the Holy Spirit played in ICF, you know, with the presence, the miracles, the gifts of the Spirit? How? It's very big, actually, uh, because, uh, for example, when, when, I, when I preach and every time when I'm finished with my message, I want to do like a, a normal prayer. Every time when I preach, I say, okay, church, we are here. You heard the message. Let's be quiet together and just ask the Holy Spirit, what is the take out? I do this every single Sunday. And then, of course, we have also a, a prayer team. We're praying every single Sunday for healing. Uh-huh. We, we have also like we're doing the Lord's Supper. We have also like a garden or a prophetic garden where you can walk through and you touch and feel. Um, that means we're not doing everything always from the stage. But for example, 
uh, if church is over, every Sunday we pray for the sick people, we lead people to Christ, people can take the Lord's Supper, it's not always in the service, but always after the service, all the options are open, and we are a Holy Spirit movement, because when you see like the ICF logo, it's like a wave, and it's like the, 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 the ICF logo is always, it's like a move of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit is moving, we move too. It's not like our idea, you know, like microchurch, we felt something. And I said to the church, can you imagine if you're a pastor, on the, if you're invited to a, a leadership conference, they, they want to know how you do microchurch, how do you start, how you train the people. And my response was always, I don't know. We just felt like God is doing something new. And we said yes to that, but we don't know. We are on a journey. It's usually... It's, it's not enough for a leadership conference to say that, we, but you say we feel something God is doing new, and that's why the Holy Spirit is very, very uh, important for us as a church. We work and function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit in every area. Yeah, yeah, praise God. You're being led by the Spirit. I'm, I'm intrigued by the prophetic garden. Can you just tell us more about that? What is that experience like? Yeah, you, know, you see this especially like in the Catholic churches, sometimes like a garden where you, where you have the, the story of Jesus Christ. And we felt like some people, they, they want to have more the, the touch and feel. For example, you, 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 there's a cross and uh, you can stand in front of the cross and there are different robes, like a red robe, a white robe, and people, they dress with the right and, and, and red robe. And you have just a feeling, I'm a son and daughter of God, or God yeah. cleans me with his blood. And you're standing in front of the cross. They're like special Holy Spirit moments where you can just experience in that garden in different uh, uh, position, actually, uh, what it means to, to follow Jesus Christ. Because some people, they just uh, they, they dress they stand in front of the cross. They kneel in front of the cross. They're taking the, the crowns of thorn uh, on the head. Just that the, it's, it's the experience things is for some people very important. They have different options what you can do. That's 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 really cool. <laughs> it's never... not my style. It's not no. my style. I, I get it. Yes, but not everything what we do, it's my style. But we give variety because people are different. Yeah. There's more variety you give, as more people you will reach in the end of the day. It's, it's yeah. not like something I like. My wife, she loves it. Yeah. She's also, my wife has a flag. Okay. She, she prays every morning with a flag yeah, yeah. to my house. And it's not my style, but for her, she experienced God. And I have a different style. And if you're having different style in your church, you, you win much more people. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's good. It's so it's so important to be open. Uh, I mean, yeah, left brain, right brain. We've got all these different people, and we have to engage people in a way that uh, uh, appropriates their uh, their heart and their mind. So that's awesome. So, Pastor Leo, I know you've written some books. You're on YouTube. You guys are all over social media. Uh, how would people connect with you um, in your ministry, ICF, the church? How do they connect what's yeah there's different options I, as is mentioned i'm in instagram i'm youtube if you google leo bicker you find preaching high german swiss german english uh yeah and there's just google the name in or icf and you find a lot of pages all over but the cool thing is about social media i remember i, I had this moment where i felt why i'm doing that but my 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 niece she's not a christian and she follows me 
and she likes every single post I do. And this is also crazy because sometimes social media is like a bubble, but in that bubble, there are some people that are not believing in God anymore. And for them, it's the only Bible or the only quotes they ever read about Christianity and God. And that's why I love the, the options that God has given us with, with all the technology, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And I really think we have to, and, and I'm just speaking to those who are listening, particularly pastors and leaders, yeah. if we're going to be effective uh, coming out of COVID, living in a yeah. postmodern time, globalism, all those things, yeah. we have to embrace these new technologies and platforms, social media and so on. And and I, I agree, like TikTok is uh, exploding among yeah. Gen Z and, and, and A. Um, you know, it's just exploding. And so mm. many people are coming to know the Lord that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one, one last question, Pastor Leo. So what about the challenge in terms of discipling people who may never come into the physical building? How do you disciple them? Is it done strictly through the services that you have on you know, Sunday morning, Sunday yeah. night on YouTube. How do you guys do that? Actually, our church, our foundation of the church is groups. We we, we, we push people to be uh, in a group. It can be like a ministry group, like a small group or a society group. For example, we have some business people. They have a business group, business group and they meet Wednesday morning, um, 6.30, and they're praying for one hour. And we always say you need one person uh, where you can be accountable, actually. Uh, and this is our style. Uh, if, of course, for those people, they want that. Not everyone wants that, but we, we believe in groups because the church has to be big, big and small, because the first churches they met in the temple, big, but also in their houses, small. They had the input and also an output. And we always think big and small input and output is what we believe. And we challenge the people to be committed to one or two people where you, where you do life together and where you share life together. Because otherwise, it's, 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 it's just a building or just a movement. And we do this intentionally, actually. Mm, that's great. Yeah, awesome. Well, Pastor Leo, it's really been an honor having you on um, Kingdom Encounter, and I will encourage people to check out your website as well, icf.church, yep. for the English-speaking people. You can add slash en, but it's it's been a real honor, and thank you so much for your time. Welcome. And we re really appreciate what you guys are doing, and we'll be praying for you and, and for Europe, and particularly during this time with what's happening with in in ukraine you as mentioned mm -hmm. earlier you have a church there um anything that you want to just say in closing that you just feel inspired to share with? yeah i'm very thankful and glad if, if people just really praying for europe my my challenge is to all the leaders just to believe in multiplication invest your time and energy in the young generation because they are the next leaders and uh, because an elderly guy took me on his hand and he taught me to become a leader. And if we're doing this because a pastor should multiply into pastors, a worship leader should multiply in worship leaders. And that's my challenge that, that you pray with us, that we will have see and find uh, those leaders that are called from God to do church planting, because I really do believe in Europe. We need more church plantings 
than ever, uh, or microchurches, whatever. But I really believe, believe that the harvest is ready, but we are lacking actually of, of, of labors. And when we pray together, God will answer our prayers. Wow, that's powerful. Wow. So again, thank you so much. And we okay. will definitely uh, honor your request and be praying for you that way as well. Thank, thank you again, Pastor Leo. God bless you. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today at the Kingdom Community. We trust that you are encouraged as a result of spending time with us. We exist to connect, equip, and send you out into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God. To learn more about the Kingdom Community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. Again, our website is kingdomcommunity.global. Together, we are better.